0: You're listening to The Emo Brown, The Saddest Mexican Podcast. To choose from.
1: You do? Yeah. You got little bottles of something brown over there. Chihuahua
0: Mineral, doggy. Oh, some infused whiskey.
1: Chihuahua Mineral. Times are hard. Ah. No more fucking Topo Chico, huh?
0: Mineragua. Sparkling water. Yeah. Another episode of Emo Brown. The saddest Mexican. Welcome back, another week. Actually, no, it hasn't been. It's been more than a week. I'm here today with a friend, a former classmate. No, wait, you're old. You're older than me. Yeah, not that much older, You're older than me. You're older than me. But yeah, we went to school together. Um, But first things first, let's pay these bills. Big shout out to the Balboa Avenue Cooperative, big sponsor of the fucking Emo Brown Podcast. We out here. Whatever you need. Medicinal, Recreational. Balboa Avenue's got you covered. Sister Company, the me so healthy company in charge of all things CBD, organic rubs, oils. Um, Chris Sheridan came in a couple episodes ago and he dropped he dropped some knowledge as it relates to CBD. He said, if I ever smoke the big, big weed, like the, the big ones. The I at, yeah, the heavy hitters. He says, bro, this is a, a tongue strip. You take this 15 milligram. CBD tongue strip. put it in there, and it's gonna balance you out. It'll bring you down from being on that next level. He, ah, I've been scared to smoke because of that. I, I, sometimes I'll, yeah, I'm will old bro. I'm old. I'm old.
1: Why would you want to come back down though?
0: because okay, I'm at the point where if I smoke, um I get anxious. That makes sense. you know that I get anxious. My heart starts beating like ridiculous. I need to like get up. I'm like, oh my God, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So he said, bro, there's an option now. Like you can turn that off whenever you want. So I have a lot of them. If anybody is in need of those or you want to try them out, you know what? Shoot me a message. I got a lot of them. I'll be more than happy to deliver it to your pad. Thank you, Chris Sheridan of the Miso Healthy Company. Not to be left out is the Farfan family of San Diego's finest Mexican food. Lolitas, home of the Carnesada fries, Carnesada chips, the tsunami fries, el cali burrito, guacamole is extra. Farfan, thank you for being the sponsor. Appreciate you. Look forward to getting back to jujitsu as soon as this whole Rona thing's out of the way. See, a lot of faces over there I don't recognize, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Patreon. Got a lot of cool things coming. If you haven't gotten your tank top yet, also, shoot me a message. I have these tank tops for you. They're nifty. They're the ones that are black for the ladies and gray for the boys. Gavin, gracias. Amy, la más guapa del barrio. You still need to pay me more for that. Come on, lady. Alex Aguilar, Alex Peña, Cesar, Torres, El Profe Moreno, Danny Boy, The Drought Doctor, Ernesto Moreno, Estela Dávila. Recently went, underwent a name change. No longer Estela likes to drink, or rather is Estela likes to drink, but I believe it's La Madrina de Cervezas. I don't want to, I'm not confident if that's the full name. I'll look it up and bring it back to you. Fernanda Gesvera, Gabby Piceno. The newest Patreoners. Javier Ramirez, straight out of Aurora, Colorado. I think Aurora. Actually, I think Colorado. I think Denver or Aurora. Or is the one, Rockies. It's is one, yeah. one of those two. Um, Joe Castro, Cousin Joe. Not really a cousin, but definitely a barber. Welcome to the Patreon family. Julio Palacios, a new one. One of my bestest friends in the whole wide world. We've traveled the world together. He's getting married soon. I'm going to go uh, set up a nice little bachelor party for him soon. Colombian. Monica, Mr. Benjamin, El Rodrigo, Ruben Lopez, Tom, Ponytail, Haven Phillips, and Miss Veronica Rocha. Thank you, guys. Coming up next month is our going to be our first inclusive Emo Brown Social Club release. We have some shirts coming for you strictly for the Patreoners. No one else is going to have access to this. I'm going to leak it so all you non-Patreoners will look at it and be like, God damn it, I want that shirt. I want it. I want that logo. That looks awesome. And then maybe you'll be convinced to join the dark side. The dark side being? Emo Brown Social Club. <laughs> Patreon. Find us on emobrown.com. With me, El Compita. Looks a lot like David Wells. Looks a lot like Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. That's a new one to you, huh? Yeah. I, I you. I, All right, I've cool. heard David
1: Wells. Um, heard...
0: David Tapia. What's going on? ¿Qué onda? Tell me a little bit about yourself, David. Aquí no mas, man.
1: Um, long time coming to be on here I'm happy thank you for having me um, I am from the South Bay I am from this region I was born in Tijuana I live in Tijuana and playas um, shout out to playas and I uh, went to Benita, with Benita Mr. and uh, Cal State San Marcos is my college and I'm not here to talk about me I'm here to talk about baseball
0: and this is why I wanted to bring you on yeah, Mister Tapia.
1: my background in baseball is uh, I became a scout I chased the dream. I always wanted to be in baseball, and I got it. Uh, I spent a year with the Oakland A's. I moved on to a full-time position with the Boston Red Sox. Spent three years there. Then I went from the Red Sox to the dark side, and I spent two years with the Yankees. Los Yankees. Los Yankees. Yankees, we. Todo el tiempo. The whole time I was scouting in Mexico. That was part of my deal with my heart and my, my, heart and my dream, was to go back to Mexico and... uh Show the world that we got talent down there. It's not all about the Dominican. It's not all about Venezuela. There's a lot of talent in Mexico. Uh, the business side of things keeps a lot of kids down from coming to the U.S. to play in the big leagues. But uh, I
0: was down there. Tapia. guess what? As a child, my first love, my first true passion, excluding family, food, and whatever, was baseball. Baseball was my shit. Yep. I, I breathed it. I woke up to, I, so I would go to sleep with a baseball glove under my pillow, you know, or my baseball bat underneath the bed. I, 24-7, baseball. Padres? Oakland A's and Padres, you know, those are my teams. Yeah. Obviously, Padres, because we're from here, yeah. but Oakland A's was my team, because I, I wanted to root for a winning team, bro. <laughs> Shit, I, I don't know, I still don't know what that feels like, being from San Diego, rooting for a winning team. Well, we will soon. Pero esta ira. I always wanted to be involved with baseball. Yeah. So obviously, I played, you know, Little League, whatever pony little high school whatever and then i realized shit i suck at baseball well i didn't suck i just wasn't good enough to like keep that little fucking passion going but i was always curious like what can i do to get involved in baseball and honestly it was something i wanted to do but i, I just didn't know what channels were available what avenues i needed to explore to get involved but you got into baseball and you want the scout Route.
1: I went the scout route because a lot like you, I sucked at baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let's
0: rewind. Let's rewind. Let's let's rewind. I wasn't very good okay. at baseball. I didn't suck at baseball. Okay. Okay.
1: Our body type did not project okay. that okay. we were okay. going to be in the again. Big leagues. Again,
0: I'm shaped like a second baseman. Okay. In the Mexican okay. league. Oh. Ooh, <laughs> that, that one hurt. <laughs> But, yeah, man, I mean, I always wanted to play baseball, and I just always wanted to figure out what what can I do with baseball. And for all of you that are going to listen to this one and be like, oh, man, this is going to be a baseball podcast, <laughs> yes, I'm very passionate and I love baseball. And this year has been horrible in many aspects, in many ways, but more so close to home baseball, the lack of it. I've been a season ticket holder for many years. Took a couple of breaks because the Padres really fucking broke my heart. Every time they did something dumb, I would just say, you know what? Los voy a castigar, cabrones. I am not renewing my, my, uh, season tickets this year, but we're back. Started watching it again more. My kids are of age now where they like, they ask like important questions about baseball. They enjoy watching it on TV with me. They just enjoy like going to a Padre game, ordering a, a, a pretzel. We sit there. We, 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 I take score. They ask questions. They're involved, and for me, it's like ah, oh, okay, cool. I get to kind of relive the passion of loving baseball all over again through them. And like me, they're not—they weren't very good. They aren't very good at baseball right now. You know, they're—they're—they're yeah. they're, they're, they're getting better at it. But obviously, I don't see a baseball career in their future. Mm-hmm. But I do want to instill the love and the appreciation of the game. And right now, that there is no baseball, it's like God damn. But we're getting close.
1: And well, and the real cool thing about it with the generation of your how old your kids are is when we were that age and we were coming up and we we started to fall in love with the game here in San Diego. We had Tony Gwynn. Yeah. And between once Tony Gwynn retired until now, until a year ago, we didn't have anybody to look at like Tony Gwynn. Mm-hmm. Your kids are gonna grow up watching Fernando Tatis Jr. play, and that guy is a G. He is special. He's marketable, and he's ours. And when you talk to me about baseball,
0: like I'm usually a dickhead. I'm always a dickhead, but I'm usually a dick when people talk to me about like baseball or, or, or soccer or you know, football. I, I'm like, ah, what do you know? But when it comes from you, it comes from a place of validity because you actually have a legitimate background in it. Yeah. You back it with stats. You back it with experience. You back it with just what you've seen. So when you talk to me about baseball, I'm always, I always like, I feel like a kid because I get to ask you dumb questions, and that's why I wanted to have you on here. I want to ask you questions, right. a, question, because I know you're not involved in scouting right now. Correct. But Correct. you're looking to get back into that game.
1: I'm looking to get back into the game, and I'm, I'm searching for which lane I'm going to do it in. I, I don't think it's going to necessarily be scouting. If the opportunity comes up to do it domestically, I would jump on it. But. Um, I quickly got burned on the inter- I got burnt out on the international side just because uh, there's a dark side in inter- international baseball.
0: Well, let's burn the bridges of you getting back into baseball really <laughs> quick. All right. Um, who's the biggest dickhead you ever dealt with in the major leagues?
1: Aubrey Huff does not count, right? No, Aubrey Huff. <laughs> Go ahead. Curt Schilling? Um,
0: you directly, like you had interactions with them. You're like, oh, man, this guy, like you scouted somebody, and you said, this guy's good, but he was a piece of shit
1: oh dude i don't want to name drop but, but you're but about fucking to fucking tmz steal over here dude trying to pull teeth give me one um I, there's a player that he, he's with the detroit tigers minor league system his name is Isaac Paredes. isaac paredes uh, okay. isaac paredes and he's a great baseball player and i remember writing him up and sending in my report and i did not recommend to sign him even though the rumors you know on the block down there in mexico where that he was going to sign for over a million dollars which in our industry is a lot especially in mexico
0: mexican signings aren't that huge right
1: no well they're, they're high they're up there they start at two hundred thousand. um if you're a million dollar player you're the best player in your class of that year so isaac paredes um he had character issues
0: what position did he play
1: I saw him as a third baseman. Uh-huh. I
0: projected him as a second baseman. Okay. So he had uh, my body type athletic as fuck. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Before the beer. Uh, he, uh, I buried him. That, that is jargon. That's a team that, a term that we use in baseball in scouting terms when you don't like somebody. And the head of the Boston Red Sox international department came out to see him. And he looked at me and he said, Tapia, dude, that's, by far the best player on the field. Why did you not recommend it? And I said, go talk to him. And after the game, my boss went to go talk to him, didn't even last five minutes, came back and said, that kid's an asshole. (laughs) He just, he was,
0: there's, there's. there's, Well, you really don't want to be in the majors again. You you, you really don't want to get
1: a job in baseball. (laughs) No, no, but uh, we're talking character here. Uh Ask me if I think Isak Paredes is a big leaguer. Uh I I do think he's a big leaguer. How old is he?
0: He's, He's in the 20, minor?
1: 21, 22. Uh-huh. He'll probably be in Detroit this year or next year.
0: Isaac Paredes. Isaac Paredes. I'm going to keep an eye on him. Yeah. And I'm going to wait for the interviews, post-game interviews, to see what kind of <laughs> shit. What did he say? What What, the fuck?
1: what um, made him an asshole? Th- th-
0: there, was, uh, there, there was some things that he was doing that
1: was not common to the Mexican baseball culture. All right. Uh, it was more common to the Dominican baseball culture. Go as ahead. Far, I'm as, ready. Far, as far as um, – Nothing official. Nobody can prove it, but there's uh, questions about the legitimacy of his age. Oh, okay. All right. And um, he was actually living uh, under the stands uh, in uh, it was either Obregón or Hermosillo, because the team that originally signed him had an early deal, which is not legal. I'm not going to say the team, but it's it happens all the time. An article just came out about the Padres saying that they got backdoor deals, but. That shit doesn't surprise me because everybody does it. Not saying it's right, but it—it's competition. And if you're not ahead of the game, uh, you're not going to win, which is uh, what makes AJ Preller special. That's a different, a different path there. But um, Paredes was living at the stadium. The team that was originally signing him had pulled him away from home because there was issues at home. Uh-huh. The the dad had a uh, some problems, some uh, addiction problems, and. Um, they didn't want him to go down that path, so they pulled him away. But um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I'm, I'm going to protect myself in a legitimate way. Uh, people said the same thing about Roberto Osuna. When Roberto Osuna was 15 years old, the owner of the Mexico City, Diablos, who owned his contract, were buying him cars, were buying him women, did a lot of different stuff. So you're telling me that Mex- Mexico's corrupt? <laughs> <laughs> openly, openly. They don't do the best job of hiding it. But Osuna had character issues also, and he he got it. By the time he got to the big leagues, he got rid of it. The only way Paredes is going to get to the big leagues is if he ditches the...
0: The attitude. The attitude, So ultimately, how much did he sign for? He was a million-dollar baby in the eyes of the streets, but how much did he sign for?
1: Well, the contract, the signing bonus was Mm
0: 1.5.
1: This is where Mexico's fucked up, Steve. The problem with Mexico is... Isaac Paredes if he was Dominican probably would have signed for $200,000. Okay. There's a big difference and the big difference is the the owners of the contract of the players pretty much who owns your rights. Um they keep
0: on the books 50% of Ooh. the
1: signing bonus. Ooh. Off the books in reality they keep
0: anywhere between 70 and 80% and the player gets the remaining and then the agent gets a cut. There is no agent. No, so it's just oh.
1: the, the the team is the agent. It's like soccer. Okay. So um, the transfer kid, fee. Transfer fee. Mm-hmm. The the kid will get twenty to thirty percent. I mean,
0: Julio Urias
1: signed in a package deal for I think like three. The million, Dodger. The Dodger. Three. The million wom- Do- The
0: the alleged woman beater.
1: He he's a good kid.
0: Is he? Yeah. So wait. But he.
1: Uh, uh, I saw the video and it could have been they were both faded and she just fell over. I'm mm. I'm not I'm not condoning. Um being abusive, but I I, I knew Julio when yeah. he was a kid and his character not and this is coming from a Padre fan perspective. I I, I could bury the guy because he's a dodger, but Julio's a good kid. Good family, good parents, solid structure. I I in my opinion, I don't think that was a uh, that was legit.
0: How many Mexicans are in the majors right now? And and are more coming.
1: There's more coming. Uh, I would say there's probably in the big leagues right now
0: fifteen. Yeah, because we're not a lot for for, for Mexico. Normally, somos pitchers way. You know, lanzadores. is like yes. we're, we're we're never like really outfielders or uh, infielders. It's a, mostly a, a pitching role that yeah, we get and, drafted and, for. And, and there, there's, there's, I mean, we don't have the body type. <laughs>
1: that's what it is. is it? We don't have the body type. We don't run very fast. And if you do run fast as a Mexican, you're playing soccer. You're not playing baseball. So mm-hmm. baseball, we kind of get the the second hand athlete. Um, The reason why we have pitchers, in my opinion, is because we are a culture that appreciates education in Mexico, and we have pitchers that throw. If you notice, the Mexican pitcher normally is not going to be like our oldest Chapman that's sitting there throwing 102 miles an hour, and maybe he has one, one and a half other pitches. A Mexican pitcher is going to be a starter. He thinks he's got multiple pitches. He's not a thrower. He's a pitcher. There's a big difference. So, in Mexico, we get a lot of pitchers and catchers. Hitters are coming, though. They're starting to come. The Padres got some kids. Um, the Cubs got some kids. So the hitters are coming. The question is, can they hit in the big leagues?
0: Give me the most positive s- s- player that you scouted. Some Like a, a nice story. Uno bonito. That you actually, okay, get, give me a player that you scouted, put through the system, convince a team to sign, and now is having a nice, comfortable Major League Baseball career.
1: Well, we sign them when they're 16. Okay. And our our job starts scouting somebody when they're 14. If they're not in the system by the time they're 15, they're not going to get a big bonus, which means they're not going to be a top prospect. I say that because uh, I started scouting in 2012. So if you do the math, it takes a while for a kid to get to the big leagues.
0: Your first signing would probably be like 24 right now. Yeah,
1: he is. And he's at AAA right now. Okay. And he's actually the only kid I ever signed. There's plenty of kids that I recommended to sign, but for the financial reasons of Mexico being overpriced, uh, the the clubs I worked for decided to go in a different direction, mostly to the Dominican. Yeah. Um, Andres Munoz was one of the kids that I absolutely fell in love with. I mean, the kid was... when When Andres was... Andres was... 15 years old, he looked 12. When he turned 16, he looked 11. You know, I I remember bringing The Mexican
0: Benjamin Button, el vato going backwards.
1: Yeah, dude, he's going backwards. I brought my boss out there from the Red Sox, and I had recommended to sign him, and we negotiated some numbers, and we threw some numbers at Mexico City to get him, but uh, we got beat by the Padres, dude. The Red Sox got beat by the Padres. Uh, Get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, when my boss came out to see him, he was like, dude, the kid looks like a baby. And he looked like a baby, but he had long legs, long limbs, loose. And I I liked the kid. And I did not project that he was going to get a fastball the way he did when he pitched in San Diego last year. Um, Side
0: note, Andres Muñoz pitches for the San Diego Padres. He's a future closer. He throws triple digits. He just mows dudes down. He throws over 100 miles an hour, and he has a nasty slider.
1: Good kid from Los Mochis. So the first time I saw him. Sinaloa. Sinaloa was in, in Aome which is outside of, uh, of Mochis, down there in Sinaloa. And uh, I called him over after the game. He came over with his mom. It was him and his mom. And I told him, Andres, you have, in Spanish, obviously, you're going to have a career in the big leagues. You need to start bearing down and getting serious because something good is coming for you. And then, <laughs> and then I looked at his mom, and she was kind of shy. Something weird was going on. And then I looked back at Andres, and I said, Andres, tienes novia? Do you have a girlfriend? And then he just looked at his shoes, dude. And the mom kind of elbowed him and said, Te dije, cabrón. Te dije. And I looked at Andres and I said, Look, dude, I know girlfriends are cool at your age and everything, but uh, you're going to be in the big leagues, bro. Get rid of her. Put her her on the side. Hey, they're a distraction at that
0: age when you're 15 years old. How many of those conversations did you have? Like, how many of those, like kid you're gonna be a big leaguer
1: anybody that i recommended to sign i had that yeah uh there's a kid that the mets beat me to juan uriarte also from mochis he's a catcher um actually and ended he ended up inviting me to his wedding it was uh-huh. fucking pretty dope i didn't get to go but um i had that conversation with him and he listened and he still looks at me now even though we're not i'm not connected to the game i'm still a mentor to him Because it's almost like a father figure when a scout comes down and you're 15 or 16 years old. Imagine somebody coming up to you and saying, you're going to be a big leaguer. Damn. You're going to listen to that scout before you listen to your parents. That's why I told Andres Munoz what I told him. Because the mom had been telling him that. But you're not going to listen to your parents when you're 16 years old, when you're 15 years old. But you're going to listen to a guy that's from the Boston Red Sox. You're going to listen to a dude that's from the New York Yankees. So it's kind of like we have the opportunity as a scout on the international market to be a positive um,
0: role model, father figure. Andres Muñoz, damn. Did you ever get a chance to see um, Luis Urias? <laughs> yeah, actually. Side s- note, Luis Urias, uh, top, top prospect in the Padre system, mm-hmm. um, second baseman projected at short, actually, and then they moved him over to second. Um I was in love with the kid, dude. I was like, oh, this dude's going to rake. He's going to do good. La, la, la. whoop de woo They brought him to the Padres of the Majors. Got injured. Uh, started playing well. Got injured again. Then the offseason came. Then they traded him. Yep. So what, what happened what happen with him? Uh, and, I, and, and to be truthful, I follow all Mexican players. Yeah. I follow all Padres. Yes. So that guy happened to be in the middle of my Venn diagram of players that I follow. So when he left, I was like, oh, shit. The thing about Luis,
1: when when Luis signed, I got a phone call from my boss. I was with the Red Sox at the time, and he had asked me, he goes, what do you know about Urias? And I said, why? He goes, Padres just signed Urias. And I'm like, well, I gave him a scouting report, and I gave him the wrong one. My boss was like, no, 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 not Ramon, because he's got an older brother. Uh-huh. And I thought Ramon was a better baseball player. I didn't even have Luis Urias in the system. Like no. I fucked up. That was like a bad thing and especially for somebody who uh got so much uh, uh uh kudos from the press. You know, the press loved the guy, the fans fell in love with him. I did not think that Urias was would be able to hit at the big league level. I thought his size was going to be detrimental. I thought he was too short. Everybody goes, "Well, he could be Altuve." Altuve is gifted. There's only one Altuve every 20 years. You know, just because you're five foot four doesn't mean you're going to hit like he did not hit like Altuve. So the jury's still out. He's probably going to be there, start uh, Milwaukee's starting second baseman, but uh, I was not
0: in on him. I'm still not in on him. Damn, you're a hater on all things Mexican baseball, bro. A ver. So you spent a lot of time in Mexican baseball leagues. Yes. A lot of time traveling por todas las partes de Mexico, champ. Yeah. Give me a cartel story. I know, I know there's a baseball cartel story. There's always one. I got to travel the whole country, which
1: was awesome. I I got to taste all the food, got to, you know, try the craft beers in Mexico, which are coming along. Very good. Um, Querétaro actually has got a really good uh, craft beer scene. Uh, I got to go all the way down to the southern border. uh, And... People, I lived in Mazatlan. I was living in Mazatlan when Chapo got arrested. Like the helicopter, the U.S. helicopters flew over my apartment, shook the fucking building, and I, I told my landlord, those aren't Mexican helicopters because they are powerful. I was living in Mazatlan. So I, I got to see the whole country. The only place I ever went to where it just felt you could feel something was evil uh-huh. uh, it was Tamalipas. And there was a tournament in Tamaulipas one year, 2000. 15 and uh i was watching a 15 to 16 year old tournament 15 to 16 year olds and I, <laughs> like in the third fourth inning i finally realized i'm like yo dude this fucking umpire he's got two fingers and i leaned over to this guy next to me he was the he, at the time he was with the blue jays he's a uh no with the race Tampa Bay and i say oh yeah i don't and i pointed i said what's up what's up with the umpire and he said shh don't say nothing there's parents behind us. Like the first rule of scouting is you don't talk too loud because you don't don't know who's sitting next to who's you, who's sitting listening. next to you, and who's listening. Right. So after the game, I talked to Adon on the side, and he had said that last year's tournament, this umpire called three really bad pitches, strikes on a kid, three pitches, and after the game, the father of the kid that he struck out was part of the cartel. And, uh, well, a year later, the umpire's got two fingers. One for each blown call? No, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, strike. And I'm like, dude, he's like, oh, shit, he's only got two fingers. Yeah, two fingers, man. Two-finger umpire, Tamaulipas. You walk down the street in Tamaulipas, people don't even make eye contact, dude. Everybody's looking down. It was just tense, dude. Yeah. How long were you in Tamaulipas?
0: Well, how long? How many times did you go to Tamaulipas? Uh, I went three times. I went
1: back to try to sign... A kid that was from the region, uh, Salvador Real. He, si- he ended up signing with Java. Yeah, he ended up signing with the White Sox just because he shat the bed. I mean, dude, he was hitting 92 miles an hour when I was scouting him. I called up my boss. My boss comes out to check him out. And he shat the bed. He couldn't even fucking throw a strike when my boss showed up. Ugh. It's like he got nervous. I looked bad. Uh, my part-time scout that was with me, he looked bad. My reports did not match the kid that my boss was seeing. And, uh, I, I went, that's the last time I went to Tamalipas was to see him. I did a trick with him. It was fucking awesome. I, I got a box of baseballs, which is about, for the people who don't know, maybe four inches, uh, is the size of the box. I put that box on home plate and I told the kid from the pitching mound, I know you throw fast. I know you can throw hard. I want to see your changeup. I want you to hit that box with your pitch. He missed the first two times, and the third time he hit it. And I was like, "I'm gonna sign this kid." Like he, that's hard to do to throw an off-speed pitch and bounce it off the home plate, and he did it. And uh, he didn't get signed by the Red Sox because.
0: Uh, but he got picked up by the White Sox.
1: Yeah, and yeah, he got released two years later because he got, he got hammered in the Dominican League. Yeah, he didn't make it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Didn't make it. it
1: happens a lot, man. It's sad. That's the reality of uh, of baseball, especially international baseball. It's pretty sad because uh, these kids drop out of school by the time they're 13. They get signed by the time they're 16. And a lot of them are back home by the time they're 20. It's
0: mad. Yeah. Turn them and burn them.
1: Turn them and burn them. It's a negocio, dude. It's a well, what about you?
0: Um, What's the life of a scout, bro? What's the life of an international scout?
1: First off, like, how did you get involved? I quit Best Buy. Okay, that, that's a good start. <laughs> I was a manager at Best Buy, and um, I, my mentor—I I, have—I I mean, I've got to back up and say I had a mentor. He was a scout that scouted my cousin. My cousin was a prospect. He was a pitcher, um, and my mentor at the time—he was scouting my cousin. He worked for the Milwaukee Brewers. He recommended to my cousin, "Don't sign, go to college." So my cousin ended up going to University of Hawaii. He's a lawyer now in Hermosillo, but still developed that relationship with that scout that scout moved to mexico became friends with my uncle my uncle helped him assimilate so that was my connection to the game was uh my mentor his name is lee Sigmund. uh in my opinion he's the greatest scout in mexico um you know and hold up Rain fart. <laughs> let me drink um So yeah, I was at Best Buy one day, and I was having a bad day, and one of my coworkers, one of my employees, because I was a manager, he came up to me and he said, hey Taps, uh, you're not happy, and sometimes you need to do wrong to do right. And I said, you know what dude, you're right. So I went into the office and I put my two weeks notice in, and that was two weeks before Black Friday, which if you want to get blacklisted in retail, you quit two (laughs) weeks before Black Friday. So I uh, got a sponsorship to go to Major League Baseball Scout School, scout school in the Dominican Republic there's a scout school for not anymore there was Uh, the the Major League Baseball Scouting Bureau would put on a scout school one in Arizona and one in the Dominican Uh, I was the first ever Mexican to graduate from the program and uh, I went there after coming back from the Dominican I moved to Obregón to try to find a job I lasted a year and then the Oakland A's reached out to me and I signed a contract with the Oakland A's I, with Billy Bean or who? Billy Bean, fool. Yeah. yeah. What I yep. And guess what the contract was? Guess how much they paid me that
0: year. I know scouts didn't make a lot, don't make a lot now, so they probably made less then. Shit, you probably got something like sixteen thousand a year.
1: It was two thousand twelve and I made five thousand dollars
0: for the whole year. Ah. I lived with my uncle, times
1: were tough, dude. And uh but I signed a kid, Santiago Chavez. You know, uh-huh. he's, he's now with the Marlins, but um I signed a catcher. And they sent me to they sent me to a tournament to check out a different player, and I actually liked uh, Chago Santiago, and uh, he's still my homie to this day. You know, Hope I see him getting to the big leagues as a backup catcher. What
0: is the ultimate goal being a scout? Like now, you just said that a scout makes five thousand dollars a year at that time. Why even jump in? If you know, like, what's what's like the, the the ceiling of a scout? Like, how much can a scout make?
1: uh there well, there's two umbrellas within the scouting world in the baseball industry there's domestic and there's international and the international side they pay you for the cost of living of your area that's why I only got $5,000 because I was covering Mexico so they figured I could survive in Mexico with $5,000 a year if you're in the US starting salary is 30,000 you can go up to six figures in in the on the domestic side on the international side I would say you cap out at 60,000 and that's with 20 years experience. Jesus Christ. I know with uh with no benefits, you know, it, it's it's not that's part of the reason why I stepped away from the game was because it wasn't um wasn't
0: paying the bills. Do you do they have like bonuses like if you sign somebody that actually cracks the big leagues or or turns out to be a prospect?
1: No, they used to back in the day, like in the 70s and the 80s, they would pay you a little uh, stipend and a bonus, but now they do not. The only bonus you get if you sign a Julio Urias or if you sign a uh, Roberto Osuna, you're going to have a job. That's your bonus, is because we work on one year contracts, you know, a, a scout. What did
0: you do for me this year? Oh, yeah, I got you Luis Urias. Yeah. I got you Julio Urias. Yeah. I got you motherfucking Roberto Osuna. Exactly.
1: And if they don't want to renew your contract, fuck you, I'm going to the Yankees or fuck you, I'm going to the pot. Is it
0: easy to get a job as an international scout?
1: Once you're in. Yeah. Once you're in. You, you can bounce around. Yeah. yeah. Everybody bounces around. It's very rare to find an international scout that lasts with a team for more than, I don't know, five or six years. My mentor has been with the Yankees for over 10. Um the Dodger scout who signed Fernando Valenzuela is still there. He can barely walk up the stairs but he's still scouting. Um so there's very
0: few The fo- the dude who signed Fernando Valenzuela?
1: Yeah, the guy that used to stand behind home plate with the cigar at Dodger and the Stadium. Hat? Yeah, the hat. Uh-huh. That guy signed Fernando. Yeah. Damn. Yep.
0: He made a he made a fucking career just out of signing Fernando probably.
1: Yeah, and there's some word on the street rumors that he didn't even really uh
0: Play a big role.
1: Discover him. That oh. he, he signed him. He he dealt with the contract negotiations negotiations and everything. But uh, he wasn't the initial eye that that saw him. So that that discovered the gem.
0: <laughs> what special skill do you need to be a scout? Well, what if I wanted to be a scout right now? Boom. Obviously, there's no more scouting school. But I want to be a scout. I want to go watch baseball. I want to go see if these kids can do something. And I want to sign him, bring him to the majors. You have to
1: know the culture. Go ahead. You have to know the game. You. Have to, especially on the international side, statistics are not kept. So the analytics side of things is um, a little bit more difficult to manage on the international side because you we scout kids at 15 and 16 years old. It's not like the United States where they're keeping stats. So these are amateur players. So it's aesthetic. So you got to see and be able, be able to project. On the international side, it's a little bit more difficult because we deal with them when they're younger. So I'm looking at a 14 year old. I'm looking at a 15-year-old, and I have to say this is how what he's going to look like when he's 24. I've got to project seven years down the road and say if he's going to be in the big leagues, when he's in the big leagues, this is what he's going to look like. And you have to paint the picture in a scouting report that's less than 100 words.
0: Damn, you're sending a tweet. You're Pretty much. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. It's a tough job, but it has his ups. Because when you were with the Boston Red Sox— I- I mean, I'm going to assume that this was probably the most, the the highlight of your career as a scout, The, the most important thing that has ever happened to you as a scout and being involved in baseball was being with the Red Sox and being part of the championship team.
1: Yeah. And I didn't know it was part of the deal. But after 2013, when I was, it was my first full time year actually as a scout, it was with the Red Sox. They won the World Series. Um, I've developed a good relationship with some other scouts. One of my best friends that's a scout lives in Boston. Uh, and I was going to go visit him in the winter of 2014. I got a phone call during spring training of 2014 asking me for my ring size. Yeah, what? I'm like, huh? So I hit up my boy Connor, yo, they're asking me for my ring size. And he goes, dude, you're getting a fucking ring. I'm like, what do you mean I'm getting a ring? He goes, you're getting a fucking World Series ring, bro. Your, your team won the World Series. Depending on what team you work for, the scouts get World Series rings. So I flew to Boston and picked up my World Series ring. And one of the reasons why I got into this was for my family to have Tapia be written in the, in the history books of baseball. And when I picked up my ring... I went across, I went to Fenway Park, to the offices to pick it up, because they wanted to mail it to me. My, my motherfucker, you're not mailing a World Series ring to Mazatlán, that, that's not going to They'll never make it. <laughs> <You> They'll <don't laughs> never fucking make it. So, I was going out. you get by- a
0: glow in the dark Cracker Jack ring, bro. <laughs> it ain't, <it> ain't going <laughs> like, to be no World Series ring.
1: Why is my, ri- my finger green? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, I flew out to Boston, went to Fenway, went across the street to a bar named Lansdowne, and uh, opened up the box and looked at this ring. It's got rubies, it's got diamonds, it's got the Boston Red Sox logo on there. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, cool, it's pretty. And then I turn it to the side, I see my last name, and I'm like, you know what? Tapia is in the record books. And uh, showed it to my uncle, showed it to my dad, and they were proud. It was cool to have the name, not just the name, but Mexico there and having a ring. This ring isn't just for me. This ring's for my family. It's for my like, high school. It's for my college. I think I'm the first uh, graduate of Benita, first graduate of Cal State San Marcos to have a ring.
0: Yeah, every um, time proud of it, I've dude. talked to you yeah. about your fucking World Series ring, bro, <laughs> which I'm, all, I, I'm fucking proud of. you. It. That's rad. But every time, like at least three times, the last three times. I'm the first one. You fucking tear up, bro. You, it's like, you want oh. to... Like, and that's awesome.
1: Well, dude, look at that's it, right. man. Like, like you That's rad. Like, you, you were born, and when your brain started functioning, you fell in love with baseball. Yes. The
0: first thing I fell in love with, baseball cards, games, the culture. To, dude, I would buy it was wire... The, what is it? The, 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 the little wireless paperback notebooks <laughs> and keep... I would keep score and the stats of every fucking game. I was a nerd, still am. I'm a numbers geek. I like that shit. Do you still have your baseball cards? Yes, you do. Yeah, Maddie, my my partner here at the Elwood and and owner Manhattan, we we were starting another podcast. Um, and we were supposed to start it, but then baseball fucking shut down. But we're we're one in the same. Like we both have our baseball cards. We take our kids to baseball games. Um, our kids played Little League together. Mine is stopped, but they're going to come back in. It's like, that's it, so, bro. Like, yeah. you know, like I do a lot of shit on the side that, that that occupies time. But now more than ever, I realize, all right, cool. You know what? I want to go back, and I want to actually coach my kids, play baseball. I want to teach them how to play. And I got my eye on one of my little three squinkles that I have a feeling is going to be good. The youngest. You know, the youngest, bro. He's a left-hander. He knows how to throw. And when he holds the bat, he swings like out of his fucking balls, bro. He swings so hard. And I'm like, oh shit! This little kid's got it. Uh, you, you, you do realize I'm not a scout anymore, and I
1: I can't uh. sign your kid.
0: Now, right, man? <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird. No, 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 because I've seen the, my oldest one, Sunny, and like we played in the yard. Boom, his swing's like, all right, cool. Yeah, you know what? Good swing, athletic build. And then my second one is just an animal. He's a savage. <laughs> he, he's got like no form or anything, but he's got like raw power. Like he swings ah, and he hits it hard. And then my little one, dude. My little one, I. they two older ones are right-handed throwing and hitting, and this little dude two years old, picks up the bat, little wiffle ball bat that you fucking buy like a Toys R Us, and he stands up, bro, and he swings like Ken Griffey Jr., bro. Left-handed. Left-handed, like he's stra- and dope. he's never held a bat, so he holds a bat up like close to his chest, and he's all <laughs> straight, and he cocks the bat like back, yeah. and like and he's looking like over his shoulder, and go, daddy, go. And I'm like, damn, yeah, this old motherfucker is like, he knows, and I just like underhand it, oh, he swings and mess. he gets pissed, he gets uh oh, again, daddy, again. I'm like, alright. Boom! Next one, he fucking he ranks it, dude. I'm like, all right. So ever since then, I just keep an eye. on like, this little weenie's gonna be the one that's gonna like enjoy playing baseball.
1: Support it, dude.
0: I, and that that's exactly like. And I bring it back to the quarantine. I bring it back to all this time down and not having to run the brewery or or like help out at the Elwood or anything. It's like I I took a step back and I realized, damn, it's like fuck. I got to spend more time with as it relates to like the extracurriculars, you know, because we're at home and we help them with their homework. And they're playing. Luckily, our kids have each other. Yeah. Oye, no solos, wey. yeah. It's not like a single kid where we have to, like, okay, vamos a, va, que bicicleta o afuera, la la. Like, they fuck around with each other. Like, they beat each other up. They make each other cry. They make each other laugh. They make each other happy. But it's like, during the shutdown, I was like, you know what? Mm-mm. As soon as we're ready to get them up and running, afuera. Yeah, we're going to start playing baseball. So we yeah. started playing baseball again. Woo, woo, woo. And I'm excited, man. Because At least for the little one. Yeah. The little, little one can rake.
1: Sick. <laughs> Well, we'll whip, we'll whip up a, a contract. You get, We got to do a fake, a fake birth certificate. So how old is he now?
0: He's two still, bro. He's
1: two. So technically,
0: he wasn't born yet. Bro, have you seen his hair? Oh, yeah. He's rad, bro. Yeah, he he's ready. Like Khalil Green, He's right? got that. No, stop. No, he's not Khalil Grimm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's si el pedo. Um And yeah, talking about the the Vinci, the the quarantine. It was funny, man, because just last week we just opened here at the brewery, like, here at, at Three Punk. We cameos abrir, and now what we we just open, and it was the Friday bef- like of opening. And I woke up in the morning, and I just laid in bed. I took the week off from UPS, and then wifey like woke up, and she's like, oh yeah, like go back to work, huh, la la la. And I was like, yeah, it sucks. Like, I'm, I think I'm fucking depressed. Like, I, I think I'm feeling down. Like, I got so used to just going to work at UPS and then coming home and checking in on the brewery and, 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 and the Alwood and just kind of, like, doing deliveries or whatever needed. Very minimal because it was a very minimal operation. But now that we're open, I was like, oh, it sucks because now I feel like the routine that I established here, hanging out more with you guys, you know, it's like now that's going to be ripped away. Yeah. Oh man, we dash champ. Fuck. No. I don't want us to get shut down again. Like, <laughs> but if it happens, I can't wait to like hang out at home with the kiddos again. Yeah, teach
1: him to hit the Ospie shit, man. That's hard. <laughs> I think he's gonna be good, dude.
0: I think he's gonna be good. So you have your, you're from the South Bay. Yeah. We I have a few players from the South Bay. Correct. I'm gonna throw some names at you from the South Bay, right. and I want you to either tell me one if they're good, bitch, and you better be real. Don't, don't worry. Nobody listens to this podcast. Okay, <laughs> Nobody listens to it. Um Shout out to the listener who lives in Singapore. I have a listener in Singapore. Singapore. I don't know what the serio. fuck he's doing. In serio. Um, Mike Jacobs. Florida, Hilltop graduate. Florida Marlins. Signed right? with the Mets. Yeah. Excelled with the Marlins. Yes. Good ball player. Go ahead. Strong. Uh-huh. Strong wrists.
1: That's one of the things uh, I looked for in a hitter. First thing I looked for is... is Strong wrists. Sounds weird for people listening that don't watch baseball like that, but that's what a scout does. Hank Aaron was one of the greatest hitters in baseball, and if you look at his wrists, fucking thick, thick strong. That's where strength comes from. That's where the power and the bat speed comes from is your wrists. Weird to look at. Yeah, you got thin wrists. Mm. Yeah, you can see the bone, dude. You're, you're winning,
0: <laughs> <still>. <laughs> I won't amount to nothing. Meg um, <laughs> Jacobs, yeah, uh, family friend. Grew up here in Chula Vista, Uh, my sister-in-law and Mike Jacobs' wife are like really good friends. So yeah, I, I got to I see, bro. Anytime I come across anybody who was like in the minor league system, or or like fucking Jacobs who was in the majors, and had I fucking think he had a quality career with the majors. Yeah, you know, yeah. he he had a couple of uh what twenty five plus home run years. Yes, he did. Left handed hitter, yeah. Mets, Marlins. You know, good dude. Talk very fucking down to earth, bro. Very humble. He talked to me. He's, he's a fucking South Bay guy. Yeah, he's a Chula Vista dude, yeah. so you can talk to him. And he shared some stories with me. I don't feel I don't feel comfortable sharing the stories That's that he gave. Yeah, no, there's you, a, there's Look, you, you I, there's a fucking brotherhood. I understand yeah. oh, in, in, in the majors. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and and I've heard some stories, not necessarily just from him, but including him about like other baseball players and and the shit that they like have to do to get that edge, or, or like to get them through a a, a long fucking. Three, 162 game season bro. on the road. On the road, making shit money, yeah.
1: eating shit food. Uh, it, it's not easy, and it, it's not just the players. It's the whole industry. I'm
0: surprised more people didn't fucking use steroids. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> and they probably, they probably did.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if the numbers, if the names actually ever came out, I don't think you would be uh, surprised.
0: I think it's a majority. So if you saw Mike Jacobs, if you were scouting him in your heyday. Obviously, you're an international scout. So let's just say he's from fucking I don't know uh, Monterrey. You went and go see Miguel Jacobo. Florida's
1: pretty international right now. Let's just say in Florida, (laughs) you went to
0: you you went to scout Miguel Jacobo, Mike Jacobs in Monterrey. Jacobo chess. What would what would you have said? uh hitter yeah
1: Uh, i would project him probably as a corner outfielder uh uh, left fielder or a catcher maybe third base depending on his athleticism
0: damn bitch those are the positions that he was listed as there you go see i mean
1: i I, and all i'm doing right now is looking at my mind's eye and remembering what his body looked like Mm -hmm. so long and lean big dude thick dude big dude by the way shout out to hilltop dude i know we went to benita but mike jacobs greg allen i mean hilltop their baseball program program has put out some major leaguers. It's right up the street from the brewery. Shout out to them. I know we're Barons, but um, you know, game recognized game. They do a good job over there.
0: Adrian Gonzalez.
1: That dramatic pause that you just heard was um, at fr- the fan in me a little bit of disappointment. Ooh. The scout in me, good ball player. Uh huh. Good. Um, Not great. Good. 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 Okay. Good. Good. Uh, the fan in me, there was that pause because uh, he could have been Tony Wynn part two. Yeah. He could have been the next hero of San Diego. But? Like, from the South Bay. Something happened, man. What happened? He bounced around a lot. Why? He, uh...
0: Give it to me straight. You know, the, you know all of these things. You are involved in Major League Baseball. You know shit that went down. What's wrong with Adrian Gonzalez? I
1: think he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Okay. Uh, if,
0: if you get traded... Four or five times, um,
1: you're not communicating on the same level as as your peers in the organization. You got drafted by the Marlins.
0: Marlins, number one.
1: Went to the uh, Rangers. Rangers. After the Rangers, he went to? The Padres. Padres. After the Padres, he went to Boston. Boston mm-hmm. shipped him out quick. The day he got traded, they tore down all the pictures. So were you there? I mean, no, 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 no. I wasn't
0: there. You weren't with the the I organization. With, I was
1: not with the organization. I was with the Red Sox from two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen, and two thousand fifteen. Um, Adrian was was gone by then, and then he he had he had moved on. That's that's a lot of organizations uh, to play for. It, but he, he was good. He lasted. It's kind of Boston.
0: Like, he went to, to those Doyers.
1: He went to those Doyers. Those
0: Doyers. He went to those Mets.
1: I don't even think he played for the Mets. Like, he signed with he, the he, Mets. No, he played with the Mets. Did he play Yeah, he played room? with the Mets.
0: He played with the Mets. Um, After that, I want to say he hung it up after the Mets. I don't remember too much. Not after. true.
1: He went to Mazatlán. He played for the Venados. No.
0: Okay, well, why? Wow. <laughs> I mean, he probably did. But, yeah, but, I mean, here in the, in, in the majors, I think he, he hung it up after the Mets. So, you're saying if I look at the back of somebody's baseball card. Yes. And the numbers are, you know, 280 to 300 hitter. 25 to 35 home runs, 80 to 100 RBIs. Yeah. Legit slugging percentage over 550 to 650. Yeah. OBP is fucking stellar. But I see five, six teams that he's played for. What am I looking at? Well,
1: there's. <sighs> You could be looking at an asshole, or you could be looking at a guy that's not understood. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I'm not saying Adrian is either one of them, but if you look at Ricky Henderson's career, Ricky Henderson bounced around a lot too. Not really. What? Oh, bro! Yankees, Padres, Mets, um, A's, Blue Jays. But I mean his
0: heyday: Yankees and A's.
1: Yankees. Yeah, and A's. Mean, I mean, I almost feel like at the he tail was fucking and, good when he was with the Padres. Oh no, no,
0: no, no, for sure. But I estaba rucón, el vato. Yeah, I estaba rucón. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel like he's a different case. Correct. His his Hall of Fame career was etched out with the Yankees and with the A's. Correct. The icing on top was obviously with the Padres. But if you flip his baseball card Uh around,
1: there's a lot of teams on there. Okay. But I don't think Ricky was an asshole. I I don't think Ricky was misunderstood. Shit, because Ricky Henderson played
0: with the local fucking uh, independent league, the Surf Surf Dogs. dogs. Bro, (laughs) Bro, he played with the Surf Dogs. I remember the Surf Dogs. Shit, that's how much of a deep. Fucking in the weeds, baseball yeah. fan I am. I know that shit. Ricky, if you asked me,
1: who the best baseball player I ever saw was mm-hmm. live, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ricky Henderson is up there. I never go If Robert, I was ever yeah. a general
0: manager in charge of creating a mother fantasy football, fantasy baseball team, like an old time, I'm building around Ricky Henderson at 100%, 100%. glove, arm, speed. Power. He yeah. was a five-tool player, bro, Yeah. before that term was even around. Yeah, that's
1: 100%. Lead-off home runs, stolen bases. He had swag. Perdon, Perdon,
0: All-time leading all lead-off time. home run hitter. Yes, all-time.
1: All-time stolen bases. Go ahead. He'll never get touched. No, not anymore. That, not, not in this game. That's one of those. Not right? in this game. No, no. But, you know, th- let's talk about that a little bit. The analytics, people are putting so much fucking weight in analytics. It's like the brakes, dude, because the game changes. Ricky Henderson, in my opinion, is one of the greatest baseball players to ever live. And his telling stat was his speed. No, let me take that back. Is His stolen base ability, because he actually wasn't very fast. He just knew how to steal bases. Um, Chuck Carr was way faster than Ricky Henderson. His stat, if Ricky Henderson played in the game today, he might not have been a Hall of Famer because the stolen base is no longer valued as it was in the 60s, 70s,
0: 80s, But he was a run creator. He was definitely a run creator. He was a run creator, bro. You know, he he, he was like, he was the spark that would ignite a ninny. Yeah,
1: 100, 100%. You're right. What I'm saying is, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is don't pay too much attention to the stats because Ricky's stats would not play today right. as, as much as it did when the game was different. The game has changed. A lot of these analytic kids love the analytics and love the numbers, but it's like, yo, pump your brakes, dude, because in, in 15 years, the game's going to change. When I taught kids, uh, when I when I, there was kids that I wanted to sign and I saw a little uh, error or hitch in their swing, I hated launch angle. I still do. I don't like when kids swing up. That's Phil Plantier to me. Remember Phil Plantier? Yeah. We had crouch swing, pop up, uppercut and hit, swing, yeah. and um, that was never taught w- to people our
0: age. Um, now it is. Who was that dude with the Padres and Shrimp? Remember Shrimp? Oh, like, Eric Shrimp. Shrimp. Yeah. Shrimp. He, he he was he was a killer, bro. At, at the uh, uppercut swing. You know, he hit like 180, but he had like 30 home runs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would tell kids all the time, just swing down, you know, make contact on the ball.
0: Okay, so Adrian Gonzalez, no-go. Yeah. You think he's a no-go?
1: Great. Good baseball player. Good baseball. Good Good baseball family. Um, Edgar, shout-out to Edgar. Edgar's a good dude. Uh, He's actually Edgar Gonzalez, who, for those of you who don't know, is Adrian's. Older brother, both of them went to East Lake High School. Edgar's actually in charge of all of amateur baseball, and his paycheck comes from the Mexican government right now. So he, uh, good guy, smart guy, business, business acumen. Business savvy. Yes, sir. Joel
0: Zumaya, Benita Vista High School.
1: <laughs> the legendary Joel Zumaya. From oh, legendary. Right. Legendary. A ver, pues. Dig- uh, triple digit fastball. Uh huh. Um, one of those urban legends, not like Jose Silva, urban legends where, you know, he flipped his car on prom night. And that was a fact. That was in the newspaper. Everybody knew that. Urban legend about Joel is how did he really get hurt?
0: Is the I, fires of 2014. I've heard taking that, down a box from his parents' attic or some shit, right? That's what the media said. Ooh, okay. I, I,
1: I've heard urban legends that he tore it, his thumb. The muscle between his finger and his thumb playing Guitar Hero on his pitching hand. That's one story. I've heard another story in your brewery, by the way. Oh, Somebody shit. who knew him said that he uh, got into a fight and tore, tore, that, tore that muscle. And uh, he was never Somebody the Somebody in the
0: tasting room upstairs told you that Joel Sumaya got in a fight and that's how he tore his thumb ligament.
1: Not just tore his thumb ligament, but ruined his career. He never came back the same. It started with the thumb. El primero de Bonita para llegar a Grandes Ligas, cabrón. He's the one.
0: I believe so. Is he the only
1: one? There's been a couple. How
0: but... many people from uh, Bonita Vista have a World Series ring, though? Este cabrón hey, it David tapia hey. <laughs> buk, buk, buk. So <laughs> Hueso Maya, triple digits, yes. fastball killer with the pinchy Detroit Tigers. Yeah. From one year to the next, he was gone though. Gone,
1: gone. He fucked up. That you, you cannot tear your thumb. Ligament on your throwing hand and come back and be the same. It's not Tommy on surgery. It's not like it comes back and you're stronger. He fucked up, dude. Something had happened there. Uh nobody knows what the truth is, but something did happen with his career and uh Does he still play? I like the guitar hero story though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean playing guitar hero, that's kind of stupid to fuck your career up playing a video uh, game. huh eh, I've heard worse. Sneezing,
0: yeah. throwing out your back, whatever. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Esteban Loaiza. <laughs> That's a loaded one, bro.
1: He's in prison. Is he still in prison? I believe so. Alright, yeah. alright. There was just a really good article that came out I want to say last month that detailed everything. But they didn't go into the details of um uh what was the chick, the, the singer? Jenny Rivera. Jenny Rivera. He was dating her at yeah. the time that yeah. that that uh that she passed away. And he's a local kid. And Think he, he went to Montgomery? I'm probably tripping i don't know i know uh, it's somewhere it's it's the south bay yeah. and it's south of us yeah, yeah so yeah. It's, it's not montgomery it's, or
0: southwest it, was, it wasn't southwest then it was montgomery
1: it was uh might have been hilltop i don't know he got caught with tons literally not not like kilos of coke and methamphetamines in his house in imperial beach they followed him from the, he crossed the border he wasn't bringing dope across the border because i thought when he got arrested that's what had happened But he came across the border, they followed him home to his house, and when he got to his house, they raided the house, found all that dope, and he's in prison. He was a Cy Young Award candidate. With the White Sox. With the White Sox. I, 20 plus game winner. 20 plus million dollars is what he made over his career. Nah, no, my way. But on chingle, why yeah. are you dealing with that shit if you're, if you're making that kind of, if you made that kind of money? Obviously, he didn't you have never, that money you anymore. You never
0: know, bro. I know. You, you never know. I know. But I it,
1: mean, somebody needs to write
0: a book about I, that shit. I know shit. stories of guys who get involved in that shit that, and, and like the drug game that have no business getting involved in the drug game because yeah. they got everything figured out, everything's good. Yep. Sometimes circumstances, you don't have a choice. Someone needs and right and for me, them. I feel yeah. like he was probably in that position where he was—he didn't really have a choice. And he was kind of like, you do this or you get that. It's our region, man. That temptation is, is here in the South Bay to be that
1: guy that brings stuff across the border. It's—it's. Uh, it's, you remember in high school they were doing that today? Why are you
0: trying to bring that about high school, bro? Um, Did you know that our high school, Benita Vista High School, was rated the number one school to get all of the drugs? Because apparently in our high school, apparently, allegedly, tú sabes, I'm not ever gonna, whatever. But there was a lot of cartel children. I believe they're referred to as los narco juniors.
1: And there was a lot of cartel employees. We had kids at our school that were bringing stuff across the border. They were getting paid at that time in Dude, the 90s. But we were
0: in school. I remember a bunch of kids that got arrested. Like, yeah, the yes, next.
1: exactly. We're not going to drop names. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I know specific names, but they got paid. Two th- People were coming up. Okay, in Singapore, if you're listening, in Colorado, if you're listening, we're right on the border with Tijuana, and Benita Vista was one of the best schools in the 90s. It still is a very good school. The kids would get tempted with 1000 $2,000 cash. Yeah. Yeah. They'd come up to people and say, "Here's two thousand dollars in cash. Just
0: drive this car." Bro, there was Beamers in the parking lot. Yeah. I remember there was like legit rides in the parking lot for sixteen-year-olds, seventeen-year-olds. Yep. Yep. I'd hang out with them. Like these were the kids. These, this was my little circle. You know. Yeah. I can give you a bunch of names of, but I won't. But I mean, of kids that I went to school with that I know did their thing. Yep. And then one day to the next, prison. God. One day to the next, dead. Here's two like, thousand dollars. All you
1: have to do is drive this car across the yeah. border. Boom.
0: And if they made it, oh man! Yeah, <laughs> you you never saw the end of it. Those fools would come in, and then in, in, in my day, it was Versace, bro. Like you would wear all these Versace rayon shirts. You'd have your nice little boots and whoop-de-woo. And I was like, damn, homie, Look at that guy, and Club O. You probably went to Club O down in Tijuana. Nah, you weren't. Nah, I think I did. Baby Rock, Baby and Rock, then, yeah, like yeah. What else? Mm, Rodeo de Medianoche. I remember went to see a concert there with my cousins. Like that was my thing. I, I was, was always grimy. about the norteño shit. Yeah, you know? I was
1: grimy. I did safari,
0: you nah, know, stuff like that. Club Animal. You probably went down that pinchy <laughs> XS. hepatitis slide. You probably got STDs going down the slide. And Revolution, oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? bro? XS was the club. They
1: they were the only ones that played real hip hop during that time. It was dope,
0: dude. You're like a big hip hop hit. Huge, huge. Your top um, five? No, 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 no. Your top three. Fuck five, three.
1: Top three. Of favorites. I'm not going to say they're the greatest. Okay, give me your three favorites. I think that's give fucking stupid fa- to say greatest fav- of all time. Give me your three favorites. Uh, it, it's not Guru. Ugh, I'll tell you that much. Almost. I know you like Guru. Shout out to Guru. Respect to Guru. Okay, top three. My greatest, my favorite is Most deaf. Okay. Um, I like Master Ace. I don't know what that is. Master Ace, Born to Roll. You don't know who that is? Brainiac, Dumb Dumbs, the Scientifical. No? Name wow. That. Master Ace and uh, Tupac Shakur, man. Okay. Uh, I'll round it, I'll give you five. Ahmad Ali Lewis, who sang Back in the Days, and Fonte. Those are my top five. El Pato. All time, man. If I didn't do scouting and followed another dream, I would have been an A&R in hip-hop, and I would be still sitting in this room with you, Steve, talking about how I don't have a job as an a r because rap today
0: sucks. <laughs> Does <laughs> like, it suck?
1: It, the, the pop stuff is t- Look, okay. I'm I not still gonna
0: say, I, I still listen to rap. I still listen like 21 Savage... I listen to motherfucking Travis Scott, Migos, Travis yeah. Scott. Yeah. you know Migos because they were in Cart and Narcos. It, it's <laughs> it,
1: it, it's different, you know. I mean, I used to be grumpy old man and say this shit sucks, but I've grown up a little bit, and I, I'll just say it's not for me. Mm. You know, it's the other gen, the younger generation can listen to it, and um, I like lyrics, I like content, and I never thought I would say this, but I sound like an old man.
0: You are an old man, bitch. I
1: can't even tell what they're fucking saying in, in
0: the pop rap game now. Just really? get it. Too much auto-tune.
1: I hate auto-tune.
0: Nas, Immortal Technique, Guru, Biggie, Marshall Mathers.
1: Uh, Those are my five.
0: Why not Pac? What do you
1: What do you not I like never, about I Pac? Was not, no? I, was, okay. nah,
0: I was never really a big Pac yeah. fan. Uh, yeah. I, li- I loved some of his songs, but I, I could never really like go listen to all of them. We need an Immortal
1: Technique album right now. I think another one's coming. Everything I that's happening. A, have you ever
0: seen Immortal Technique play? I have. Or perform right now? I have multiple
1: times multiple times ah, ah, bro he, one of the best he concerts weaves, he weaves
0: tales with the words that he yes, spits, bro yes he's yeah, every time i listen to like usually i listen to music and i'm drawn in by the by the beat and and just the way everything's produced a uh, little known fact i enjoy music one of my my second passion uh, after baseball is, is music um i was in the band for many years then after that i was in production I produced uh, uh like soundtracks for surf and skate videos. uh I like reggae, so I did that. That was for me. That was easy making reggae music. Yeah. And then I got into hip hop music. But for me, it's it, it's always been like three genres of music. Tapia. For me, it's always been punk rock music, estilo minor thread, like um lag wagon and shit like that, Mill and calling. So like old school, new school. So punk rock, norteños, and um and reggae music. Those those three things have always been there. So. When I listen to music, and, and it's weird because I remember wifey, I bore her when I listen to music. Like I'll listen to music, and and I and I find the groove, and I find the beat. I'm like, oh shit, you hear that? That's fucking tight. Look at the way this matches with that, and this is why you're this is why this is appealing to your ear because this is blended with this. And, you're a nerd. And the, yeah, yeah, you're and a actually, music nerd. The, the way I am with the like baseball stats is the way I am with yeah, music. Like I same. enjoy it. Yeah, it's music is like like numbers. It's I just see the numbers and like okay that matches, and then if it the numbers off. Okay, that, that song is not going to be appealing to you because it doesn't match, obviously. But now, when I listen to... When the first time I listened to Immortal Technique, w- he was one of the first like hip-hop artists that I, I listened to where the music was secondary. like when The he, lyrics? Yeah, the, yeah. As soon as he started spitting his lyrics, like that grabbed me. I was like, oh, shit. All right, cool. Then And to this day, that's still one of the only MCs, rappers, uh, hip-hop artists that I listen to that when he flows, when he spits... That's what I listen to. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he
1: draws you in with his lyrics, his storytelling. He, I mean, he's the devil, bro. Yeah, the no, the no,
0: is about that. Yeah. Well, I, I always forget the name of this track, but it's a track where he has he's in love with a girl who has HIV and then turns into AIDS. He and you don't know prison. that till the end. Yeah, you don't know it till like every <laughs> fucking song that he does just yeah. turns turns into a tale.
1: the The one where he's with rapping with his crew is pretty dope. That he's talking about the drug game. The the how the how the drugs get to the United States? Oh, the per- Peruvian, Peruvian, cocaine. Peruvian cocaine. Yeah, that
0: fucking a dude. They'll dude, like, give you a dollar if you know the fucking drop from that. Wait, what's the, what's the background music for the that? The sample? Yeah, I have no idea. Fucking no. Scarface, bro, when he's flying into fucking Ecuador to meet with El Pichi. Don't fuck me, Tony. You know Don't the, fuck me, Tony.
1: <laughs> That's one of the things that I love as getting older, as as a connoisseur and hip hop rap nerd. Is you you can only listen to the chronic so many times before you're like or or illmatic so many times. Hey, watch your mouth, boy. Before you start going, what the fuck is that sample? And Man. then and then you go to the record store and you buy the sample, and, and or you buy the original record. Most of them are Michael Jackson. <laughs>
0: most of them are James Brown. The the, the drum beat is James most Brown. Of, yeah, you're right. There's funk. There's pop. Most of them derive from like yeah yeah. You're right. James Brown, George there's, Clinton. There's my, Michael Jackson, George Clinton, yeah. obviously. So it's, most of them is funk derivatives. Yes. And then they just drop their beats on it. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, and it's, it's cool because once you figure out that equation, you can fucking do whatever you want. Whatever you want.
1: Yeah, but you have to be good. You still have to hit that off-speed pitch I, when you make it to yeah, the big leagues, homie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going
0: to drop you one of, my, one of my samples that I made. It was a B.B. A King song called Hummingbird. And uh, I chopped it really nice. Then I dropped a nice heavy beat. Oh, I'll let you listen to it. All you right. don't like it. All right. David Tapia. Yes, sir. You brought your ring. You brought your stories You told me about the two-fingered umpire Two-fingered umpire, yes sir And Tamalipas. You don't like Adrian Gonzalez But you're a big fan of his brother Edgar Gonzalez
1: Correct But you know, no, you know what, I've, you know what's funny It's on the
0: record bro, I don't want to hear it There's I'm no backtracking never... You do not like Adrian Gonzalez I've never met him Ah,
1: I said, wait. <laughs> <laughs> In serious, in serio I've met the whole family I've met David, El Papa, La Mama uh-huh. um, Who's r- weird His mom is best friends with one of my best friends' mom I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you
0: I'm gonna give you an Adrian Gonzalez story. You're going right now. you yeah, gonna drop me with it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop right. an Adrian Gonzalez story before we go. Um, Adrian Gonzalez, East Side of Chula Vista. I lived there for a while, and uh, there was one. There's two big shopping centers out there in East Lake Chula Vista, East Side of Chula Vista. One in San Miguel Ranch, and one on East Lake Parkway. Um, I was at the Albertsons in the San Miguel Ranch one back up before there was when there was an Albertsons there, and. I was like, "Oh shit, that's Adrian Gonzalez. That's Adrian Gonzalez." And um, some kid, which I found weird at the time, but he had a picture of Adrian Gonzalez, and he asked him, "Like, can I get an autograph?" So I didn't know if he knew that Adrian Gonzalez was there. But Adrian Gonzalez, it wasn't like it was an appearance at the fucking Albertsons. He was, he went in, he grabbed whatever. That's he was creepy, grab, dude. So the kid, and the little kid. I mean, it's a little kid, bro. It's but he had
1: a picture. Kid. He had, had a on picture him. of
0: Adrian that's Gonzalez, a Padres picture. Okay.
1: Was this when he was with the Padres? This was when
0: I think it was the off season. Okay. Okay. And um, but I think he was with the Padres still, All right, and this is where it's this is where that story is going. Um, little kid runs up to him, la la la, whoop dee. I have two stories for you. I don't give you another one. All right, now that you're fucking triggering, it's firing. Um, and then the little kid got the autograph, whoop dee woo. And I was like, yo 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 yo, what happened? It's like, is that Adrian Gonzalez? like, yeah, it was Adrian Gonzalez. He signed this for me. And I was like, cool. Let me. What did he write? And on that fucking thing, it says, uh, Adrian Gonzalez, I bleed Dodger blue on a pinchy Padres. Like, wow. photo. Yeah. And I was like, huh. So now I'm like, I, I always, I, now thinking back, like. Cause I've told this story now a couple of times, like to, to friends, but I don't remember if he was with the Padres at that time. I, I, I want to say yes. Well, let's give him the benefit I'm of gonna the doubt the be- and say no. Let's say bro. he was a Dodger, dude. That's, a bro, it, it said, um, you're not going to be in da- Dodger blue. And I was like, damn, is that what
1: the- <laughs> you're not going to be in Dago and oh, write that shit on a God. pod to a little kid, dude. You're not going to do that.
0: Side note, he has a brewery now and the cans are very old school Padre colors. We'll touch, we'll, we'll touch that on a later topic. So story number two for Adrian Gonzalez, um, I used to work in City Heights and I had a co-worker and the co-worker had a son. The son, I kind of was, uh, I think I was enrolled in like a, the Big Brother program. I don't think I was enrolled in the Big Brother program for him and um, his son, this, her son, her name's Juan, um, went to baseball camps. Big time baseball player, bro. He was all about it. Left handed, big boy, first baseman. Swung out of his fucking ass as well. Everything was go big or go home. You know, didn't make it anywhere after high school. But, you know, good kid. Very good kid. Intelligent kid. Went to San Diego State. Did his thing on his own. Um, but back when he was like 10 to 12, he went to a baseball camp. A baseball camp put forth by uh, Adrian Gonzalez. He told me. I was like, hey, cool, un paro, dude. Hazme un paro. a Que me lo el no? all right. Cool. Woo-woo. So. Was um, the camp here or in TJ? The camp was here in Nice Lake okay. somewhere, yeah, right. somewhere right. in Nice Lake, probably at the OTC at the Olympic Training Center, okay, somewhere over there probably, and um, or Eastlake High School, probably. But he 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 got uh, the bat, gave it to me, he's like, hey, Steve, oh, look at it. He got the bat. Whoa, whoa, whoa the cool. And I was like, thanks. Just, How was it, man? Was it cool? He's like, he's not what I thought he would be like. And I was like, oh shit. And then, and I felt bad for him because I didn't know anything about the character or the personality of Miguel Gonzalez. I just knew about. The stud, the first baseman, yeah, the killer, yeah. you, you know, great glove, great bat. Um, but he told me, yeah, man, yeah, I look up to him. But I, I, he wasn't what I thought he would be like. And he and I said, well, what happened? He's like, well, he was he was giving us uh, like I guess like comments or what is it called feedback. He was giving us feedback in the cage on how we were swinging. And he, the kid is left-handed, and I guess he mimicked Adrian Gonzalez's swing. Yeah. And Adrian Gonzalez said, "Don't do that." And he's like, "Why?" It's like that's my swing be original work on your swing like and 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 then in my head i'm like okay well i see where he's coming from he's like no no like do your thing but i mean come on ta chiquito, lato. Yeah. And, to, and to like bust his little burst his little bubble like that i was like oh well, that kind of sucked you know i was happy because i got my fucking bat that you know? sucks dude but it, that sucks yeah that's terrible you know? man that sucked and he's you should too, put that bat on ebay too. for every, and i'll honestly i threw it away <laughs> i ain't gonna lie to you um but, yeah, I met with their dog. Yeah. I was like, oh, that sucks. This yeah. little kid, like, you know, like, I've gone to the Little League Fields and thrown balls to this kid to swing. And, like, I've played catch with him. Yeah, and he was yeah. like, oh, excited. I'm going to go to an Adrian Gonzalez baseball camp with my team. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And then he's like, oh, it's not what I thought he'd be like. And then and then and I was like, "Oh, that sucks." I felt bad for the kid. So those are my two way drinking dollars maybe
1: that's what happens when you're the you're the number one pick in the country. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Matt yeah. Bush straight out of high school. Matt Bush was the number straight one. Out of yeah, high straight out of high school. Matt Bush was the number one pick in the country and um, you asked me what my number one memory of him is 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 watching him in handcuffs on the ground do you know who i am do you know who i am in arizona was yeah, <laughs>
0: like come yeah. on dude well no i don't even know if he did that shit in arizona he,
1: he ran this. over the lady in
0: arizona or he, and then but then he was like i think he went back What did he go to his high school? mission, bay, mission high. bay high so yeah. he went back to mission bay high i remember reading this in the union Tribune, bro and it came out and he was like he went back to the high school like a year after he signed so he was still young he was like 19 probably when when he went back to his high school, to his old stomping grounds, which is weird already. Yeah. And then um, he was rolling around, probably doing donuts or whatever dumb kids do with fucking million-dollar contracts under their belt. Yeah. And I guess he was drinking or some shit, and, and he just wilded out, and he hit somebody, and that's when he started saying, because the cops came and, like, kind of... Put him in handcuffs. Did you know who I am? I was like, yeah. "Oh, this guy's gonna be a he's, fucking flop." He was and, on camera crying, dude. At that, like, that point, <laughs> I was like, "This kid's gonna ha- he's gonna flop his career." Yeah. Thankfully, I think, or or gratefully for him, I, I think he kind of rekindled his career. <laughs> he with did. the Rangers he, as a pitcher. Yeah, he, as a he came back reliever. as a pitcher and,
1: and and he did all right. You know, Mike Tyson once said, "He goes, you want to see a tragedy? Give an eighteen year old a million dollars." And I, I I don't think that's an international kid thing. An, an uneducated thing because uh, i mean matt bush and adrian gonzalez both came from middle class families but I mean,
0: they get out but they, they're they studs
1: yes but what i what they do they they killed
0: it yeah but sometimes all of the attributes don't match up
1: no and what i'm getting at is it doesn't matter what your background is if you're middle class low class if you if fuck steve if i gave you a million dollars when you were 18 would you be here right now i
0: don't know man I don't even know.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's it's tough, man. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I, I, I don't know. If you ask me that question, I don't know. I, I would better, say probably you not. You
0: better have a strong support group. Yes. You better, have, you better have somebody in your corner that knows what the fuck you're doing. Because at 18, yeah. you don't know what the fuck you're no, doing. No,
1: your influencers, your homies, your close friends, mm-hmm, your family, mm-hmm, the people mm-hmm. that are around you, they need to be solid because um, Matt Bush's happened. He turned
0: it around. You know, so All that being said. Adrian Gonzalez, top five Padre for me, bro. For me. In my in my generation of watching Padres, me growing up. And I'll give him to you while you're fucking contemplating it over there because I see <laughs> I, I see that ball ahead, like I see the wheels turning. Tony I'll, Gwynn, we Tony agree. Tony Gwynn, on. the cindula, doggy. duda. Yes. Number two for me, Trevor Hoffman. And I'm just talking about players I watch. Okay, I'm not going to say Dave Winfield, even though he was great. I'm not going to say Nate Colbert, even though he was a stud. Fair. I'm not going to okay, say Randy fair. Jones. I'm going to tell you the players... Yeah. I watched growing yeah. up and you're going to hear a lot of 1998 players because that's the team I grew up watching and fucking falling in love with
1: in that it well, in that
0: narrative a- Adrian has to be there yeah for yeah. me Tony Gwynn yes Adrian Gonzalez yes Steve Finley no no <gasps> I missed on Steve Finley yeah right. no. No, Tre- it's- Trevor Hoffman yeah Jake Peavy, you think? Man, no. I don't no know. pitchers. No pitchers. No pitchers. You just said Trevor Hoffman, fool. He's no, a no, no, no. But for, after the Trevor
1: Hoffman. You trying to say Trevor's a shortstop that couldn't hit, or are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was a shortstop that couldn't hit. I know. <laughs> Tony Gwynn.
0: Yes. Trevor Hoffman. Steve Finley. Adrian Gonzalez. Come on. You can give me a
1: position, a hint. Nah. No.
0: Well, right. he's, he, he's not a pitcher. Is he American? You don't know. Uh, oh, shit. Robbie Alomar. Okay, I love Robbie Yes, dude, Once I upon did, a time on Third Avenue, there was a baseball card shop next to Chico's Bakery, and I don't remember what the baseball card shop was called. Dursos. No, 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 it no, it wasn't Dursos, bro. It wasn't. I think that was further south on Palomar on Broadway, Perdon. Um, and Robbie Alomar was there, bro. And it was no a nice. Shit. It was a 1986 Donruss card, the light blue edge one with like yeah. the red lines and everything. And it was Robbie Alomar with his hat and the fro like sticking out of the hat, looking young as fuck. <laughs> He was there signing autographs. I got in there. I got the autograph. I took a I didn't take a picture cuz there was no pictures back then. You, you still have it, the like, autograph? I still have the autograph. That's bro. what's up, dude. I still have the fucking up. autograph. Yeah. And for me it didn't matter. He was my favorite player, second to Tony Gwynn at that time, not knowing what he would become. Yeah. You know, just because like he was there signing autographs and I talked to him, I shook his hand, and I was like, "Fuck, that's a major league baseball player." I'm like seven years old. And I was like, that's a major league baseball player. Wow. You know? Of so favor, that was dude. Robbie Alomar. And I still have that fucking picture. I Dude,
1: someone the other day tried to say, because in the quarantine, the writers, it's fucking disgusting. They got too much time on their hands. Way too, too much, much, much time. time way hands. too much time on their hands, these baseball writers. There's only a couple I, I respect. Most of them I don't. Somebody locally tried to say that Mark Loretta was a better second baseman for the Padres than Roberto Alomar. That's a fucking farce.
0: Neverino, Neverinski.
1: Bullshit, dude. Uh, yeah, bullshit. Five Padres for me: Tony Gwynn, Roberto Alomar, what? Trevor Hoffman. Uh-huh. We're good. Um, We're good. Fred McGriff for me. Ooh, the crime dog. The bro. crime dog for was, sure. Top ten yeah, for me. Yeah, top ten. Top five for me. And then, um,
0: can't. It's
1: not. It's early, bro. But Fernando Tatis dude. Oh no, I can't go yet. I can't. I can't do that. I can't. He's
0: exciting as fuck. He's you know? he's uh <laughs> shit. In three years, my list can change, but two names will remain the same. It Well, three names will remain the same. Trevor Hoffman, Tony Gwynn, and Robbie Alomar are going to be my top three still. I can put in Manny Machado and I can put in Fernando Tatis if yeah. these guys like. You know,
1: this is the thing about Tatis. He's a, I said earlier he's ours. He's he's ours. He's a Padre. He's going to be up there with Tony Gwynn. He was he's, a White talk. He was a white sock. Go ahead. So is James Shields. Mm. Um, (laughs) But when it's all said and done, Tony Gwynn, Trevor Hoffman, all those names you said, they were ours. They were big here in San Diego. But nationally,
0: if you go to the East Coast, Trevor Hoffman was a Marlin shortstop. Proceed.
1: Yes. But if you go to the East Coast. Pony Gwynn and Kirby Puckett are in the same breath when people yeah. talk. When, but at the end of the day, you get in Tim Raines, bro. Yeah, but at the end of the day with Fernando Tatis, he's gonna be a national superstar, and we've never had that in San Diego in any sport. The closest maybe Junior Seau, maybe Junior Seau. Come on, guys, would be the closest. Stan Humphreys?
0: Nah. Sean no.
1: Nell, Nah. Well, he got popular, but no. San not. Diego Suckers? Broncos Segoda, broke. There you go. Hugo Sanchez. Say I would be the closest next to Gwyn. Tatis is going to surpass them. He's going to be a national superstar. Hopefully, they can keep him here his whole career. Don't know if that's going to happen. Why not? I think he'll spend half his I think he'll spend ten years here and then go somewhere else and get paid.
0: I'm fucking fine with that. Greg yeah, Maddox made a Hall too. of Fame Hall of Fame career with the Atlanta Braves and ended up going with the Padres too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Give me your best years.
1: Mike Piazza played for the Padres.
0: Go ahead. This is where careers go <laughs> to die. Yeah. This is like, you know what? You know what? I put up stellar numbers in my life. Let me go retire and they'll get old San Diego sunshine. It's that in Arizona. Ricky Henderson. Yep. Oh, I Jim love Edmonds. Numbers. Yeah. Greg Maddox. Yep fucking
1: who else who did you just say greg vaughn no <laughs> uh,
0: greg, greg vaughn had one juice here man he had that 50 plus home run here and he killed it yeah he
1: killed it i loved him his walk-up oh. music was nothing but a g thing by dr dre was it really yeah when 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 you weren't really allowed to have gangster rap as walk-up music that was dope. that was not gangster rap bro. it was gangster pop
0: gangster pop rap
1: i went back and i listened to the chronic after this whole george floyd thing and i, I, I listened to the whole album uh Back to back to back three times. The sequencing on it is amazing. And I admitted to a friend, I'm like, you know what's a trip about that album? Nothing but a G thing isn't even the best song. Like, I skipped nothing but a G thing when I was listening to the album. Because I'm like, that's the pop. I heard that all the time. let
0: hit me, baby, one more time. That's pretty that's Spears. Spears. You're like, I'll miss that pop. pop. Yeah, I'm going to miss Let's it. Get to
1: the next
0: one. Give me toxic. Yeah. A little transition. Yes. Baseball and hip hop. Another bass... I play golf. So we go to Benita Golf Course. And on at Benita, here's the thing, bro. Aquí en Chula Vista, there's a lot of baseball players. A lot. There's a lot of retired baseball players. When I was growing up, across the canyon from us at our house, Benito Santiago lived. Yeah. you know, So he lived there in Benito Long Canyon, like yep. in the neighborhood. When I was little, I remember Kevin Mitchell lived here in the neighborhood. Boo Boo Bear. His Kevin. nickname
1: was Boo Boo Bear. He was a
0: gangster, like legitimate gangbanger, dude. Well, I'm going to connect it for you. I I'm, uh, met I'm Kevin Mitchell post- baseball career at the golf course he always golfed there i don't know if he still does but i know when i was hitting it hard at bonita yeah he was there yeah and i was like yo kevin mitchell what up he said, what up my dog what, what, what? <laughs> and it's like i took a uh, fuck i want to say like, take a picture but i don't remember if i took a picture with him shook hands whatever yeah. played shared quick stories whatever boom i was like oh cool that was cool we met kevin mitchell fast forward like a year um, on Bonita Road, uh, there was like a paintball store, paintball gun store. At I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and um, I guess Kevin Mitchell was part owner, or had uh, and had some sort of vested interest in that company. Yeah. Guess who was with? Him? With Kevin Mitchell? With Kevin Mitchell. Uh, First off, do you know who his cousin is? Oh. And here's the thing: as Mexicans, and, I, and I'm assuming maybe black folk do the same shit as Mexicans. Yeah. As a really as un primo, as mi primo es yeah, un primo, a, we a, all got primo yeah. Tapia, whatever. Yeah. He told me, this is my cousin. And I was like, nah. Backtrack. I was at uh, the Bonita TJ Oyster Bar. The, the Not the restaurant, but the quick in and out one where you get them tacos right next to Velocity. Yeah. And I was uh going in and he was coming out of his paintball gun store. And I, he said, oh, yeah, I got some interest here, whatever. Suge Knight, bro. Fuck you. Suge Knight. You saw Suge Knight yeah. in real life. Yeah. And you he lived. He's big. He's a big guy. Yeah. He's and, a- I mean, and I was like, oh, cool. Um. He said he was cousins with him, but I don't know if that's true. Cousins with a Z. I don't know. I don't know. What's up, cousins? Cousins with a Z. I right? was like, oh, wow. And I was like, oh, shit. I saw him and was like, oh, shit, that's.
1: Well, yeah, you know what? Because that color, when you talking about, you want to talk about San Diego gangs, that that red is pretty predominant down here. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that's cool. It doesn't surprise me. That's cool. I would have
0: been scared. That was a long time ago, too a yeah. long time ago. Shit, I'm forty one, that was probably fifteen years ago.
1: I remember watching uh going to a Jack Murphy Stadium and watching Kevin Mitchell in left field and there was dudes hanging over the left field um in the plaza section, throwing up gang signs and like yelling at him. Like he was banging. Encouraging or No. No 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 No, <laughs> no not, not encouraging. Like he was banging while he was in the big leagues, dude. Like it was that's not gonna happen nowadays, you know. Oh no, the media will be all over you. You, you can't, can't so?
0: get away with that shit anymore, bro. Dude, tell me more about Roberto Osuna talking about his narco car- uh his cartel fucking background, bro. Oh, dude. Well, he was in. Well, he was pitching. Well, he and what did they ask him? They when asked he
1: him, was seventeen fucking years ahead. old, they asked Roberto Osuna, "Who do you want to be like?" Si no, who? Ju- yep. si, si no en, en el baseball, ¿qué es lo que querías hacer? If you were not in the majors, in, or a baseball player, what would you do, dude? He didn't even hesitate. Not a hit, Like, no. like, no filter. Here's the answer, which obviously came from an honest place because well, yeah, he didn't yeah. think about it. He said, "I would be in the cartel." Boom, boom. Bottom line, like, well, shit, dude. Yeah. That that's where. So don't fucking
0: don't fucking tell me <laughs> that, that, that 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 is no longer a presence, motherfucker.
1: I seen this fool when being. when he made it to the big leagues with the Blue Jays. <laughs> First of all, I didn't recognize him. I called my mentor, and I said, Lee, Osuna debuted today. Is that the same Roberto Osuna? Because he lost weight. He looked good. He took it serious. He took it serious. And then a year- You told him to drop his girlfriend. He dropped his girlfriend and
0: 25 pounds.
1: No, Yeah. And and then like a year later, this fool's on Instagram posting pictures, and you see bottles of whiskey in the background in the hotel room. And I'm like, bro, you can't be doing that. Why not? It's it's, going to catch up to him.
0: But here's the thing. If he goes out and performs on a nightly basis, he's a reliever. So, obviously, he can pitch four out of seven nights. Correct. You know, if he's out there and he's killing it, who fucking cares if he has whiskey bottles in his pitch? A lot
1: of people care. It depends on the market and it depends on the team. When I was with the Yankees, they told me, you do not break any rule because we have a target on our back. Those motherfuckers
0: don't allow you to have a mustache on, or facial hair on your squad.
1: Roberto Osuna's character would, n- would not fly in New York. Would not fly in Boston.
0: But Jason Giambi's did. David Ortiz's did. Give me a fucking break. Oh, Come on. Yeah, there David Ortiz, stop, don't, don't, don't. He, he got shot at a stop, party with a rapper. That's, stop playing, bro.
1: I'm just saying, it's easier to get away with it in Houston. Yeah? It's easier to get away with it in Toronto.
0: And don't even make me bring up Yasiel Puig and how he got to the majors and who he had to fucking pay to get into the majors.
1: Word on the street is he's a devil worshiper. Fuck
0: all the devil worshiper. Dick paper.
1: He paid the card for the the listeners who don't know about Yaziel Puig. Go ahead. Yaziel Puig is Cuban. Mm -hmm. How did he get to Mexico? To get to the United States from Cuba, you have to do a thing called defect. And by defecting, you have to get on a speedboat and barrel shit fucking fast as fuck off that island of Cuba and land somewhere. If you land in the United States, you're safe. A lot of people go to Mexico. That's how they end up getting their citizenship. That's what El Puig did. Anyways, what El Puig did is he promised whoever was going to be driving that boat a certain percentage of his first big league contract, which, by the way, was already pretty much done before he left Cuba.
0: Which— Gave him ammunition to leave fucking Cuba. <laughs> exactly.
1: So he paid the setas, which is one of the strongest cartels in all of Mexico, to get him off the island. He gets to Mexico. As soon as he gets to Mexico and gets his U.S. citizenship and his permission to play in the United States, he booked it to the United States. And word on the street is he still owes the cartel 20% of that first contract he got from the Dodgers. And then this knucklehead's got the fucking audacity to say he wants to play for Mexico in the fucking World Baseball Classic. <sighs> uh, Fuck out of here with what that do you think shit. What Miss me with that.
0: What do you think would happen?
1: Uh, they wouldn't play in Mexico. He wouldn't go to Mexico to
0: play. No. Nah. No. 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 See, here's the thing, man. It's like third world countries, talent, and the American dream. Those, those, those three components in any scenario are always going to have a black hand like fucking behind the scenes making well, it happen on bro. the business side you know on the business yeah. side it doesn't matter yep the more talent you have the more opportunity there there is in the u.s there's always going to be that fucking illegitimate source in the background just kind of helping you along like no worry i'll sponsor you i'll take you on your. you want to leave cuba you want to get to the u.s like give me four million dollars and we're you talking know, about children, you can dude. Give me $4 million. <laughs> I'll take you across. I'll bring you across. You'll get your thing. Whoop de whoop. But you better pay me. Yeah. You know? Yep. There's a lot of stories like that, bro. A lot. There's a lot of stories. These are just the ones that are on the top. The big one's going to be a movie,
1: bro. That's going to be a fucking movie one day. Yeah. Like, it should be. Like, He's still a free agent. Yeah, he I'd is. I'd still like him to get signed by the Padres. I'd take him. And we then, need a center. F- San Diego needs a center fielder.
0: Nah, dude. We just got that dude from the Lourdes trade, bro. I oh, like Grisham? him. Grisham? Yeah. Come on. Come on. I like Grisham. Anyway, we spoke hip-hop. Yes, we sir. We spoke- We always talk drug cartel. It always comes back to drug cartel. because <laughs> like we're Mexican and just everything that we talk about always kind of relates around that. Drug cartel, baseball, hip-hop, World Series ring. Your hatred for Adrian Gonzalez. I don't hate Adrian, (laughs) man. (laughs) Tapia, as the season progresses and actually starts, we'll talk more. Yeah. I'll bring you in. I love the Padres. I'm going to get a Friar tattoo. Probably. I gotta uh, get something friars related. Lower back? Nah, tramp stamp. I gotta, I gotta get a swinging fryer Even on your neck, style. fool. No. Go
1: gangster, get it on your neck. I say. No, I'm gonna no. get an
0: anarchy sign on my neck. Dog. Oh, good Ooh. times for that, by that, the way. It's, absolutely. Salut, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Tapia. Thank vale. you for joining us. Thank you for uh, having me. Bonita Vista Barons till the day we die.